Assalamu alaikum, peace be with you. You're listening to Cup of Parenting podcast and I'm your host Aisha, a pediatric speech and language therapist, mom of seven and parenting coach here in the UK. This week I am joined by Ms. Akhtar, a mom of four from Birmingham who is the founder of Single Muslim Moms. She's a blogger and an author of the children's book Ramadan Without Daddy. Assalamu alaikum sister Misba and jazakallahu khairan for joining us today. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome salam and wayaki. Thanks for having me. So I'm really excited to have you here today because we're sort of going into a topic that we haven't covered before and we're talking you know about single Muslim moms. So do you want to just start off by telling us Misba why you created Single Muslim Moms and what was the sort of reason behind it? I think I started it in 2012. Mm-hmm. I'd been a single mom for a few years and I was on Facebook and I was I was trying to see if there was any support for like, you know, women in my situation, single moms, because obviously as Muslim single mothers, we're limited in some of the things that we can do. And I couldn't find anything out there for single Muslim moms. So I decided to set up a Facebook page and a Facebook group and it kind of uh, it kind of grew from there to be honest. Yeah that's that's really amazing that you sort of you know took the initiative and of course it's a sad reflection on our society as well that you found that there wasn't that support there. Once you sort of started it what happened did you find that there were lots of people reaching out to you? Yeah so what happened was the way that it kind of got gained publicity is my local newspaper at the time they had a section where you could kind of like write in with any stories or you know any points of interest or anything you thought that they should maybe talk about. And I wanted to talk about the fact that there wasn't any support for single Muslim mums, but they kind of picked up the story with me being the focus instead and, you know, referred to the group. And so obviously that kind of gave publicity. And once I started, yeah, you know, Alhamdulillah, there was so many sisters. A lot of them came forward, even a lot of older sisters. And they were like, we wish there was something like this when we had gone through it. And yeah, so it just kind of um, grew organically, Alhamdulillah. MashaAllah. And in terms of when you talk about support, Mispa, can I just ask what kind of support do you think that single Muslim moms need? To be honest, I think it's probably the same thing that every human needs. They mm. just want someone who's going to make them feel validated for what they're going through, a place where they can feel safe, where they can talk about issues pertaining to single motherhood, where they're not judged, where they don't have to keep answering the same questions of what went wrong, what did you do wrong? You know, just just a place mm. where they can kind of like vent and offer advice and just know that there's other people going through the same thing as them. Yeah. And in terms of sort of as a society, as a Muslim society, if we go back to the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and the Sahabas, it, there was actually, shamefully to say, a lot of support back then, wasn't there? Because there wasn't any sort of stigma attached to being either divorced or um, a single mom, and they would readily be requested for their hand in marriage so they'd get married again. And do you feel like now society's changed and there is either a stigma or a negative perception or even do you think that it's more difficult being a single Muslim mom nowadays? Well I definitely think you know there's definitely stigma we can't deny that and that's you know the sad thing is that's definitely coming from a cultural place like you know we we forget the way that we treat our people you know there'll be pe- people from other faiths and everything they're going to see this as well so it's not like an Islam problem it's yeah. a cultural problem and yeah I do think 
in today's society, it is very difficult to be a single Muslim mom. If we were in the time of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or the Sahaba, they wouldn't have faced this problem. Uh, but I think there's also it kind of comes down to the fact that people, they don't know why it happened. So obviously back in the time of the Sahaba, when people got married, they knew their families really, really well. And, you know, so if anything was going wrong or whatever, uh, they would know the ins and outs of it. And I think there's, there's somewhat, there's a level of distrust where we don't trust people today, you know, society, it's not like how it was before. It's not necessarily great. And then maybe this, you know, but what went wrong in the marriage and and is it her and will there be any side effects? So I think obviously some of it is discrimination, but I think some of it is maybe kind of like a genuine uh, concern or fear. Yeah, so absolutely. And when you come from a place of um, un- the unknown and you don't know, I guess that does add an element of fear to that as well. Can I ask you, Misba, about your book. So you are, mashallah, an author as well. You've written a children's book called Ramadan Without Daddy. Can you just tell us a little bit about your book and how that came about? Um, Yes, so Ramadan Without Daddy was um, like a notion, a concept that I was exploring i had i what i had done first of all is i just written like a really kind of rough draft of a story and it was something that i wanted for my own kids and um i did that when my oldest two were quite young and then obviously the book didn't come out till much later so i kind of had something in the works just to kind of explain why you know i wasn't always necessarily on top of my game you know there would there would be days that i would be tired or feeling low or something like that i wanted to kind of explain i guess the mental health side of it to my children yeah. and um then it wasn't until much later that you know i actually decided to go ahead and publish the book and what what i added to it was i saw that there was nothing out there explaining divorce to Muslim children, you know, from an Mm. Islamic perspective. Yeah. Um, And, you know, like after watching my children in school and seeing the kind of books that they would pick up, there's, there's so many amazing books out there about things like death, you know, like poverty uh, from different like societies and cultures and everything, but there was nothing really representing Muslims. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess, I guess that was my whole kind of aim for it as well. I wanted there to be something which looked at the effect of divorce on Muslim families, but also Ramadan Without Daddy also explores the concept of abandonment by fathers, which unfortunately is is like a theme that has come up again and again and again. And I've, you know, I've spoken to many, many, many sisters who are going through this same thing when they get divorced. The dads don't want to know. And I knew I would be limited in in how much reach I could have in, you know, mm-hmm. getting through to these fathers, the ones that have left. But I thought, you know, if if somebody picks up a book for their child and, you know, they're thinking of going through divorce and they're like, you know, OK, this may help explain it. They can also see what the mother goes through mm. in, you know, it was. I guess what I wanted to do is I wanted to stop those absentee fathers. I wanted to try to help that problem and be part of the um, solution, not the problem and stop that from happening again. And I just thought if those dads read what the mums go through, how the children suffer, they might think twice before doing something like that. Mm. So that's why I kind of brought that into it. So I think Ramadan is it's it's looking at like so many things, but it ends on a very kind of positive note. I didn't want to give it the whole, oh, and they lived happily ever after because that's not true. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. that's not life. But it was mum found her iman again, had that belief in Allah and knew mm. that everything somehow 
would be okay in the end, even if it's not, if she hasn't got it figured out right now. I felt that that was like more real, but that, that was still uplifting and hopeful and, you know, like a positive message. So that was the idea behind it. Amazing. And can I just ask you, I just want to pick up on something you've said there, Miss Pe, about, you know, there's certain books that cover certain topics um, and there's some topics that aren't covered. If there's any sort of mum out there who's thinking actually they might have an idea or a topic to pen down and turn into a book and that book being a little bit more than just a story like your book, what advice would you give them? Logistically, was it difficult to go about writing and getting a book published? Well, I wrote I wrote the first draft and, and that can be whatever you want because you're obviously, mm. you know, you're going to have to kind of tweak that and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I think what it was is I found a Muslim publishing company and, you know, Alhamdulillah, there's a lot more, there's like a network on Facebook now. So it wasn't through yeah. kind of like, it wasn't one of the mainstream publishing houses like Penguin or anything that great. Yeah. Um, it was, it was like a more kind of independent one, but it was brilliant because they're more supportive and they work with you a lot and they give you all that support that you want. I think things really changed when it, when it kind of went to the editor and then she came back with some stuff about what to change and everything. But, I have also done, you know, like some, I've done writing courses as well and stuff. It wasn't just completely top of my head. Yeah. Um, but I would say to anybody who has got an idea or feels like they've got a story to tell or anything like that, just go for it. Yeah. You've got absolutely nothing to lose and only something to gain. Absolutely. Jazakallah for giving that advice out. In terms of your personal journey, Miss Ba, how has that been? If you sort of reflect back over, I don't know, sort of the last 10 years, what parts have you found difficult yourself as a mum? And what parts have you maybe found uplifting and not so difficult? Because obviously, I just want all the listeners out there to know for anybody, any mum, no matter what your circumstances, you're going to have periods of difficulty, aren't you? But then you're going to have periods of when things are okay alhamdulillah so are there any sort of moments for you personally that you felt like shaped your life in a in a significant way I would honestly say every hardship and trial shapes you but Mm. I you know I'm also somebody who believes in keeping it real and and you know clearly I'm somebody who believes in addressing taboos and you know trying to like highlight that and bring awareness to that so I guess what I would say is, well, anything, you know, life is a journey. Motherhood is a journey. Single parenthood is a journey. Mm. And obviously you're going to have ups and downs. And I think the sad thing is because we kind of live in this almost Instagram-fied reality, people obviously Mm -hmm. only show the best sides and they don't show the worst. And and you're going to find so many people who are in a different situation and they're not at, at the same place as you. And that's the case. For example, in my um, support group for the single uh, Muslim mums, mm-hmm. I'll ask a lot of times, is anybody else's life, does it feel like it's going down the toilet or is it just mm-hmm. mine? And, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's so many times when other people are like, nope, mine is great and this is mm-hmm. going well and this is going well. And it's like, OK, you know, Alhamdulillah if it is but that doesn't mean you should feel bad if your life isn't I would say to be honest um every day it comes with a new 
struggle that's life you know when when your life is changing and different things are happening for example i moved from uh london to birmingham a year ago that was yeah. tough i you know then started working evenings recently that's been tough and a lot of it has been really tough and we're not even like mentioning things like mental health issues how your iman goes up and down all of that struggle and everything yeah. but definitely you know through through the struggle you grow i remember when i started single muslim moms i was really angry i like i had like a fire in my belly and i wanted the world to know like why have we been treated badly because i was taking it very very personally because i was in it yeah. but but then i grew as a person and i realized being a single muslim mother it's not my identity it's just one part of who i am mm-hmm. and so looking back on it now thinking about why wasn't there necessarily support groups for, for just single moms i think that's part of the mentality as well because i know from talking to my own mom for example it was yeah. like right well if you're a single mom you're a single mom you have to get on with it like whatever happens in your life you have to get on with it mom not married this and that whatever you just got to get on with it and i think you know like our parents generation they had this very kind of they were driven in that way you know they were like haven't got time to do this just get on with what you've got to do yeah and yeah. stressing about things is a luxury but we're more aware of mental health now and we're more kind of like we're more grounded and we want like a very kind of um a nice life holistically not just a home life or not just a work life so we kind of draw more attention to these things as well if that makes sense absolutely um, yeah and so i would say you know like for anybody who is at the start of their single mom journey the way you feel now honestly i promise you in about 5 years you're going to be completely different you'll be used to that it's it's always the unknown that is the scariest but you'll be used to it and the bit about you being a single mom that's going to fade into the background because you know inshallah you're going to find yourself and that's who you will put forward to people not your situation so mm-hmm. i would say through hardship you know you know obviously there's ease and that's there's what ease, really yeah. makes you grow and um yeah there's been many 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 times too many to record to be honest but yeah Yeah, subhanallah that's that's really insightful. Can I also just pick up on you were talking about social media. Gosh, that is that's like a massive huge topic in itself and that is so important what you've said about how we've just become accustomed haven't we to going through social media and everybody's on there and you see people having these amazing glossy fantastic lives. and people often especially the young the youngsters amongst us get impacted by this because then they think that's what reality is like when it's very very far from reality isn't it and it's not what it seems when when you see what people are posting so i think that's a really really important thing that you've just mentioned there as well and something that's just so relevant to society right now can yeah. i just ask miss but does it also Do you feel like it makes a difference in terms of where you live when we're thinking about society and support in general because I know you've said you've moved from London to Birmingham. Now I was in London in in the summer holidays and I found that it was massively different from Birmingham where I'm actually originally from as well, which is again different from Newcastle where I am right now. Do you feel mm-hmm. like sometimes there's difference in terms of services available, the community, how people network depending on where you live? Yeah, I mean, of course, it, it it yeah, it depends on your community, it depends on how for example, how much money your borough has. That's going to affect the kind of services you can receive, but also mm-hmm. 
community and what your community is like. So, for example, one thing that I really like um, about Birmingham is with the with the masjid. Um, yeah, the one that the one that's near here, they've they've got like a uh, unfortunately because of COVID, you know, we haven't had a yeah. chance to do any of that stuff, or they haven't opened it up. But they've got like a lot of stuff that they that they offer for like yeah. you know whether it's kids, mums, parents, courses, counselling. There's like so much that they do, and obviously, mm-hmm. if you live in a smaller area and there's like not much of a Muslim community, you're not yeah. going to have that same level of support. But having said that, I think. You know, there's this real kind of it's becoming more of a reality now, everybody in the rat race. So the amount that any kind of community is doing or whatever, like people have got more stress, especially with COVID. So I wouldn't say kind of rely on that too much. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, look, if if you live in an area and there's not much help and you can't move because you can't afford it. Mm. Allah is the Allah is the one who sends people and Allah is the changer of the hearts. Mm. So just don't give up on that because, you know, you may you may be born in a land and you may die somewhere that you never expected. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And that's why you have to keep keep the faith and keep your hope up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, so it's not just about sort of who's around you, isn't it? It's about what you're doing yourself. And I guess we're living in a world where we can't access a lot of things online, which we've been forced to do for the past couple of years, haven't we? So that's good that that's, I guess, opened up more opportunities for people and we've sort of been forced to start going online and hopefully that I hope that means that people then start to offer more services online as well for people who maybe not you know are able to move or just readily go to access those services that they need I think definitely that's something that a lot of businesses and um they're taking they're taking that on board and obviously with the whole you know online stuff the single muslim mom support group on facebook is online and you know sometimes you may be in a place where you don't want to physically go out or you can't physically Mm. go out especially if you're a single mom and you've got kids and it's the evening but you can always hop on online and find somebody else you know to talk to or have a chat in the group and I think that that's also something that's quite attractive about you know having a support network online Mm. It's kind of almost 24-7, you know, because, you know, Alhamdulillah, the single Muslim mums group, we've got, it's global. So we've got sisters from all over the world. Mm. And so, yeah. MashaAllah. And that just goes to show that this sort of issues that affect us, we're not alone. We are united in that sense that it can affect people from anywhere around the world. And at the end of the day, we are all part of this Muslim Ummah and we should be together as obviously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us to be. So that's, I guess, a positive of it, just having that sisterhood and having that support network. And that's really amazing that you've sort of created that within, um, I don't want to say niche, but within a sort of area where there was a need. So can I just finish off, Miss by just asking if there any of our listeners want to either get in touch with you or follow you? Where do they go if they're on um, Instagram or Facebook? So on Instagram, it's the handle is Single Muslim Mums, and on Facebook, um, there's a Single Muslim Mums page. If there's any sisters that you know want to join, there's the Single Muslim Mums group as well. Or you can just yeah, I, I think you that'll probably be the easiest. Fantastic. Jazakallah khairan sister Mispa for agreeing to uh, join us today. It's been extremely informative and useful and I'm sure our listeners will really enjoy listening to this week's podcast. Jazakallah khairan sister. Assalamu